Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Have You Ever Heard Of? and the review of Final Space Season 1. Yeah, the final, final episodes. <laughs> so many finals. My God, it feels like I'm back at high school. Oh, man, don't don't tell me that. Ugh, gross. <laughs> well, I'm Miles, if you've forgotten, and I'm here with Cameron, of course. And uh, let's talk, let's dive into this. We've already mm-hmm. started. So... Let's talk about episode seven. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, kind of, what would I say? It's not, I was about to say it's darker, but it's not. It's, it's heavier, but it was, it was nice to see Gary being like. Mm, not silly. Not silly. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Being uh, grounded, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just to see him, like, when he's interacting with little Kato and talking about how much his father loved him and stuff like that. And just, like, it was nice to see, yeah, Gary being, uh, not putting on airs. Yes, uh, it's very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed the amount of grief and how everybody was trying to deal with it. It kind of made them feel more realistic. Uh, mm-hmm. Little Kato would, of course, hide. Gary would do what he's been doing for the last five years, which is, of course... Right in his uh, video blog about it, his video diary blog. <laughs> right, right, right. Wow. And of course, this time to someone who's not Quinn. Cameron, are we Gary's? Uh, wh- why? What makes you say that? Because we're talking to a video blog. Well, well, we're talking to each other. That's very true. Okay, well, thank God we're not that. Let's move on. <laughs> you say like we're Gary's as if that's a bad thing. That's very true. He's a pretty decent character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, let's talk about some of the other things that happened in this uh, episode. So after they they deal with this grief, uh, mm-hmm. this well, small tri- trio decide to go attack the Lord Commander directly. Or Quadro. It was a Quadro. Well, uh, I mean, we've got little Kato, Gary, and Kevin for some reason. I don't know. Kevin's just there doing all sorts of stuff and all mooncake? the time. Oh, yeah. Mooncake. How can I... Wow, how can, how can I forget Mooncake? Moon he, he had a knife in his mouth. I Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, before we get into that, we, we, we can't forget for the fact that now is the time where Gary is suddenly not a prisoner anymore. Oh, yes. He was actually released. Yes. He is now, he's now allowed to be a person. He's a free man. He can finally eat those cookies. And maybe use crowbar. But uh, carrying on... <laughs> Yeah, I guess so too. The cookies were not worth it. The cookies were not worth <laughs> the, the wait. Were not worth it. So uh, they attack the Lord Commander's mm-hmm. uh, one of his ships, and they get saved by Nightfall, or also known as Future Quinn. Yes, we finally find out what the heck her name is, or find out who specifically she is after she's been operating in the shadows all this time. Like we've seen her, but. Now we finally know her. Just because we know she's future Quinn, we don't exactly know who she is, because she's a different Quinn, as much as Gary will try to not say so. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's similar to what I was thinking about Avocado in the first couple episodes, right? We don't, we don't necessarily know who he is, what his motivations are, so we don't necessarily know if he's a good or a bad person. And it's the same with Nightfall. And, of course, that is sort of what we see as these episodes go by now that she is part of the crew. Yes. So sense. let's talk about that scenario where you mm-hmm. said they're going to bring uh, bring back uh, Avocado. 
how did you feel when little Kara said he was going to use Nightfall's uh, the, sh- the ship to get her to get his dad? It seemed very natural. It seemed a very natural extension to want to do something because he has no real way to. Uh, it the the trauma is so recent that he just like has no real way to compartmentalize any of the grieving process that it's just a whole lot easier to just try to go back and stop it from happening to begin with. Um, And that's very natural, honestly. Uh, The fact that he, even like with him beating himself up over like how he made a mistake trying to change the past and stuff like that, it's like, well, you know, everybody makes mistakes, but (laughs) he's in a pretty bad spot. So it's not necessarily his fault that's very true and uh well he tries to do something about it, which is something i can really respect mm-hmm. but uh let's carry on because unfortunately this is this is one of those long long ones because uh, we're doing four <laughs> episodes instead of our usual three well they all nice they flow really well together though um basically you know the last bits that we have for this episode is that we find out that uh I mean, uh, how would I say this? Nightfall has been redoing the past, trying to fix the breach for 20 years, I think is what a figure that she throws out at some point. And she's like, she's got to kill Mooncake. And so it's like she's in a way kind of not on their side. But at the same time, she is because she's Quinn. So her mission has always been to close the breach but the way that she's going about doing it it's like uh i guess she's become jaded and misguided over those 20 years because gary dies and mooncake destroys the universe in a roundabout in a way um or certainly doesn't you know do anything that would lead to closing the breach and so then it's just like, yep, she's just <clears throat> not a horrible person, but very misguided in what she wants to do. But very they are at true. least able to kind of pull her back from that. Or, or at least in the next episode, they very much are able to do that. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, episode eight, only mm-hmm. two minutes until the cookies are ready. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess at this point we're... Yeah, we're approaching the point where we're finally going to see what the heck is going on. But we don't really do much for, like, final space here. This is all, like, we meet a titan. I, I guess we find out what the heck is beyond final space and all of that. Um, and the big takeaway for me from this one is that Gary is, in a way, the cause of his own problems. Which is something that needed to be said, which I'm sure Bolo recognized. It doesn't take a Titan to realize that Gary is the the cause of his own problems. <laughs> I still just cannot believe that when he tells his his dad as his future self, your co-pilot who's been your friend, as he just said, for like over 20 years is a bad person... Or is going to become a bad person. And then his dad's just like, okay, I'll take your word for it. Let's beat him up. I'm just like, what? 
What the? What the? Who who just who just does that? He gets it from somewhere. Oh, that's true. And his mom. <laughs> I don't want to say anything about that. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> so that was the weirdest thing of the episode for me. I was just like, what? 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 Let's talk Why about, did you do that? Let's talk about some of the other characters here as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so John Goods, uh, Goodspeed was mm-hmm. it? Yeah, it's Goodspeed. right. John Goodspeed is, of course, um, the voice actor is Ron Perlman, mm-hmm. uh, the classic, the biker. Um, In addition to many Hellboy. other things. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, <clears throat> the gatekeeper. I don't know if you knew this, but that's Andy Richter. Andy Richter, you mean? Yeah, Richter. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so that's why he sounded. Wow. I wondered why he sounded familiar. Of course. Sorry, I, I can't read my to... own typing. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's what I'm here for. Okay. Um, and I definitely recognized um, the voice of Bolo because yes. that's Keith David. I did like the fact that uh, Bolo was able to speak to um, to Gary mm-hmm. with that earlier what was it episode six or five i think it was when they're gathering this power from the exploding star oh episode four episode four and he talks through and he appears he doesn't appear uh oh yeah yeah that's right he doesn't appear as moon mooncake yeah caterpillar yeah yes yeah and that's you know when yeah when you know refer back to our previous episode where we talked about that (laughs) yes so um they meet Bolo. Mm-hmm. Gary realizes he's the problem of his own, his own making, and uh, he learns how to close final space. Right, because there's another bomb that they can use to do it. Yes, thanks to thanks to good old dad. Thanks to Pigeon John. I mean, yes, good old dad. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's a great song, "The Bomb" by oh. Pigeon John. Oh, okay. <laughs> Of course, Cameron, you and I don't have the exact same taste of music, so uh, that will be something I will definitely have to introduce to you, especially the way it was introduced to me. I think you'll enjoy that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I know you like your superhero stuff, so uh, I will show you that one of these days. Well, I'm sure I will look forward to it when that happens. <laughs> anyway. Let's move on to episode nine. Uh, right. Getting the bomb and the crew head to Earth to close the gap, uh, or the crew heads to Earth to get the bomb to close the gap to final space. Mm-hmm. Two to two to two to two to two. Yes. Well, there's lots of things that they need to do to get to their final objective. It was kind of nice to see what Earth is like. Um, and also, I just kind of reconnect with people that we were sort of introduced to at the beginning of the season. Like with, uh, um, what the heck is his name? The, the Triborn. Yeah, that guy. That that weirdo. Fun fact. Triborn was actually added to the, the series because he was such a big hit. Really? Yes. The first episodes that he was in was basically going to be his only uh, inclusion, apparently. Hmm. According to Olin Roger. But the fan base liked him so much that they threw him in as the, the leader of the Resistance. I mean, I kind of wondered if he was just going to, if there was going to be something to him anyways, just like if they were going to chat with him or get some final message or whatever, because he was still on Earth after Quinn left. And the fact that he's leader of the resistance and this has been happening for a long time. Okay, that was a big surprise. 
He's still a creep, but, you know, whatever. He's uh, our creep, I guess. <laughs> I do also think you missed the one of the important parts. There is that school of turtles that attacked a ship. Is attack really the right word to use for Absolutely. that? Absolutely. They, uh, okay. they threw themselves at the ship. <laughs> they didn't this is necessarily... like Magikarp trying to attack their enemies. Yeah, but they didn't necessarily do that of their own volition. They just got stuck in the in the, the breach, basically, and it's like, oh... Okay, you feel free to keep your idea of how the story okay. goes. <laughs> yep, I, I very much will hold to my interpretation of that. You can hold on to yours and... You know, if anyone has any other interpretations of how that scene played out, you, you feel free to let us know. <laughs> uh, also, uh, Hugh outfits the bots with some makeshift weapons, which were amazingly effective. Was that Hugh that did that? I thought that was just straight up the, the same. He's just, like, got really into Mad Max all of a sudden for some reason. Uh, no, apparently he uh, controls the Sammies. Uh, it's kind oh, of... It's said very quickly oh, there. okay. Uh, he says that... You know, I have outfitted the Hughes with, or the uh, Sammies with. Okay. Okay. It's a very quick uh, said thing, so. That might be why I I didn't catch that. There is a lot going on in there, so. It is nice, though. Um, Really action-packed this episode. Really, really, really good. And nice and tight as well. I mean, we don't need to bounce back and forth necessarily between anything anymore, so we can just, like have this nice um, through line throughout the episode that we can just stay focused on the entire time. Yes. Speaking of staying focused, Gary asks out Quinn, and Quinn asks why Gary likes her. And in, addition to, in, in addition to her being like, now? Why are you asking this now? You could have picked a better time, or any other time. <laughs> Which seemed like a very natural reaction to the situation. <laughs> Exactly. But hey, you know, now or never, right? We also found Our out... Earth's about to be absorbed. We also found out one other very important uh, piece of information, and that is the exploits of the Kevin. Kevins oh, work for yeah. people to help the people that they are working for. Not necessarily the... Uh, oh, what's the organization? The Infinity Guard? Yes, not exactly the Infinity Guard. Right. Uh, that was all said because, of course, Kevin pops up and says, Hey, Kevins, how's it going? Yeah, we're oh trying to get rid of these people to do something. Can you help us out? And they look over, they see a person, and they're like, Yes, of course, we'll totally get rid of all of these other guys for you. Don't worry about it. Not a big deal. The Kevins are weird because once there were other ones that showed up, and the fact that they're just like, Oh, hi, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. I'm Kevin. And I'm sitting there going... Wow, it's like I'm watching the Meeseeks episode of Rick and Morty again. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's like the thing that popped into my mind when they were doing that. And I'm like, you know, on a certain level, they're about as tolerable as the Meeseeks, too. They're kind of annoying. They're annoying in great and small doses. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, Although it was interesting to, I guess, kind of see that Kevins have different utilities as well. Because I doubt that those Kevins that showed up are specifically sanity units like our Kevin is. Well, I think they're all programmed for uh, the sanity and that's their main function. But in a pinch, they can do other things like act as a security guard or uh, act as another layer of force to help keep the prisoner safe. Yeah. Because let's admit it, um, in a world like this, especially with how 
people are being dealt with things. And we learn about the Infinity Guard as well when uh, when uh, Gary, well, when the, the crew gets captured. Right. Uh, they're not up. They're not. They're not above executing people. It is something they'll totally do. So they mm-hmm. must have said, "Okay, Gary is a screw up. We just got to teach him that you can't do this." You know, we'll throw him on a ship. He has to spend five years fixing satellites. Hmm. Uh, clearly, you know, they're not uh, above just killing people. So that's a very interesting way to look at that. That's hmm. Because the Lord Commander has clearly been around for this more is, than five years. This is very true. This is a very good point. I was just like that. That just occurred to me that I'm like, oh wait, that's a very good point. We don't actually know at this point anyways, how long the Infinity Guard has been infiltrated. I mean, Triborn makes it sound like the Resistance has been a thing for a while. So clearly something has been brewing for a very long time. That's cool. Yes. So it's a, uh, there's a lot of little details in this show you do have to try to pay attention to. Right? It's very difficult. It's nice. And this might be uh, one of the things about the shows I watch, is I love dealing with details. So, uh, it's very nice that it is, like, so... That it actually does have this much depth. I mean, in a way, you could say that it's, you know, not too dissimilar from other shows of its of its ilk. But the nice thing, again, is that even if there are kind of like, you know, tropes or whatever that are well-trod ground or whatever, it still has that depth to them that it's not all just surface-level stuff. There is stuff underneath that you bring up as well when you dig into it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So uh, they manage to get the bomb, Mm -hmm. and uh, they leave. (laughs) Yeah, they leave, and then now we're we're at episode 10. (laughs) Yep. And the one thing that I loved about this episode is they did not start it with the one minute left. I mean, I like that too, because in my mind, I sort of felt that we're in the final minute and considering how that uh, episode nine ends with them like going out there and, oh, look, there's the Lord Commander and his fleet. And it's like, yeah, we may as well just jump right into it. We're at the final minute. We know this is where Gary is going to wind up stranded and dying. So we may as well just figure out exactly. Generally speaking, that's what you do when you're when you're using in media res that way. Generally speaking, you don't start your final chapter or whatever with the foreshadowed bit. You logically move into it. And so then the the person reading, watching or whatever is like, aha, I get it. I've connected all the dots. And the creator is like, see, you're smart. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So how did you feel about the action in this one? Really good. Really good. This was top-notch stuff i gotta say how would i describe it colorful is what i would use (laughs) yeah colorful um they certainly didn't hold back pull any punches or anything like that on any aspects of it like again leading up to the final minute going over the credits where Gary's dying because now we're ticking down the seconds. Everything going through there, it's just like, yeah, we I I honestly got the feeling 
at the end that I was just, if not for the fact that at the final last second before the credits were... You're, you're getting way ahead of yourself. Oh, okay. All right. I'll, okay. Okay. I'll re- I'll re- okay. I'll rewind a little bit. <laughs> let's go through this. There's a lot to unpack with this episode. Like Fair enough. Fair enough. You're you're getting right to the end. You're right. You're right. I have just like accelerated. Damn it! This show's already done this. We can't copy them. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. You. That's a very good point, Miles. Um, Yeah, all of the action, all of the fight sequences, like all of the like ship to ship destruction and everything like that, using um, the Lord Commander sending out the hives. And therefore, meaning that, you know, everyone needs to do their part. It was honestly... I'm I'm surprised that I honestly felt a little sad when Kevin dies. If not for the fact that Gary, like, starts crying. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Gary's crying because he's happy that Kevin's dead. <laughs> so... I actually didn't want to talk about I wanted to talk about this part. Okay. Um, it was actually uh, Olin Rogers' decision to make him happy at the fact Kevin died for the comedic value because he didn't want everything to be so heavy. Uh, it, in a sense, it's a way to like break up the fact that these people will probably never see each other again. I mean, I understand that it is like a comedic moment. And the thing about that is that I feel like you, you as a watcher can read it however you want. If you absolutely hate Kevin the way Gary does, yeah, you'll probably be like, woo, yeah, he's dead. Oh, thank God. The national nightmare is over sort of thing. Or you could be like me, who's like, it's still tragic that he sacrificed himself and he died. That still sucks. I get completely why Gary is happy that it happened, but I personally am a little, you know, sad that he died. At least he went out like a boss, though. But he's a robot. He's he's what he does. It's in his programming. That's, yeah, fair enough. Uh, let's move on to talk about uh, Quinn taking the bomb. And mm-hmm. avocado and a few other robots being the uh avocado. You mean little cotto. Little cotto, my bad. <laughs> yeah. Being I know the it. uh distraction, I guess you could say. Yeah, and yeah, then, him going and with And then the, the resistance mm-hmm, coming up yep. again to fight uh the fight the good fight and basically immediately get wiped out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean they they fought. They fought heroically, of course. There's um, there's something in that that I want to talk about, but we'll, we're going to save that for something else because it reminded me of something from another sci-fi show. You might as well say oh. it here. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, so in Star Trek, when the Borg are like the first time they're introduced and they're a big deal and they show up and they just like decimate most of the Federation fleet, they go to Earth and they get to the solar system and they're t- destroyed by the Enterprise before they can like actually settle on Earth and everything. But when they enter the solar system, Earth sends whatever remnants of defenders they have, which are basically the same types of small fighters that the Resistance use. And they go up against this giant cube, and they like don't even get close enough to engage with their weapon systems, and they're just immediately obliterated by the Borg. That is what the Resistance here reminded me of. It's like, your heart's in the right place, but... You're so outgunned. So this actually does remind me of another space opera thing that uh, 
I haven't read this, but mm-hmm. I had it uh, talk. I, I I've I've had media talk about it, and that is Ender's Game. Ah. So in Ender's mm. Game, one of the books that was written was actually the first encounter the humans had with the alien race. Yeah. And that first encounter was not with a warship. It was actually with a uh, mining ship that was mining an asteroid. And I, if I'm correct in this, uh, the mining ship was attacked and the people on there were like, oh, no, we're in trouble now because we can't really defend ourselves. Right, because we're that's not what we're here for. Yeah, they're, they're just here to mine this asteroid. So what ends up happening is they come to the conclusion that, well, since the men are going to die anyways... Uh, they load up a bunch of mining equipment into an escape pod, hotwire it so they can launch it at the alien ship, and they just mine the hull of the ship and uh, <laughs> let, the, uh, let the civilians, the people who are not going to be part of this, escape. Wow. And apparently it worked. <laughs> as far as I remember, uh, this was their first encounter with the aliens. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the book name in that. Uh, it's actually, de- it's not in Ender's Game. It's in one of the later ones. So whether it be like Ender's Shadow, um, the the Hijimani one or whatever. I don't know. I never actually read anything past the first book for whatever reason. And so, I mean, I don't know. So remember. the book is um, Orson Scott Card's Earth Unaware. Oh, okay. And that's where they uh, talk about this mining ship that first encounters the uh, the alien race, and uh, hmm. they have this conflict. I guess you'd say. I think it. I think the best way to to describe it is a interaction. Yeah, because yes. uh, they didn't really know what to think of each other. Um, if I'm correct in this book, uh, I don't think humans encountered any other alien races up to then. Um, if I recall the Ender the Ender's series, it's basically always just the humans versus the aliens. Exactly. Like, they don't talk there about is it. no one else. Yeah, they don't talk about meeting other other alien races or that. So yeah. uh, but, I'm going to assume, I'm gonna, it's a very big assumption for me yeah. to make, but I'm going to assume that this is the first time humanity meets aliens. Yeah. And uh, they are made aware of it. I think there might be some stuff in like the the final, like the last books or whatever, when Ender is like an actual adult and stuff like that, where maybe they meet other alien races or whatever. But from my recollection, any like of the big interaction stuff is very much just Earth versus the alien menace in this case. But <clears throat> now, before we get back on topic here, I do mm-hmm. want to say that this could introduce us to. Um, Another series that I'd love to, to show to you. Uh, All right. Referred to as our big rival team, uh, football team, uh, up here in our hometown, uh, Roughnecks. Oh. Ah! Right. The Starship Troopers Chronicles. <laughs> uh, I absolutely love this series. I did manage to find the DVD box for it. And uh-huh. it's something that I think we could definitely watch. Uh, that's, I the, that's the Starship Troopers uh, cartoon, right? Uh, animated series, yes. I don't know if I'd okay. call it a cartoon. It's definitely not hand-drawn. <laughs> I definitely remember that it was on Teletoon when when I was a kid. So, you know, animated, yes. But not a live-action show. Yes. I um, never watched any of it, but I knew it existed. <laughs> yes. Well, by all means, this is something that if our viewers want uh, to do, we can definitely look into it. I have a lot of things that I love about this show. I spent a lot of time painting models to watching it. <laughs> But uh, 
getting Let's back carry to on uh, to uh, yeah. final space. So um, now we've got closing the breach, right? Yeah. Um, so Quinn ends up doing it to kind of like fulfill her mission, but at the same time, Gary wants to do it too. Because he's the hero of the story, and then there's like this whole, well, we're both kind of the heroes of our own story, and both kind of still want the same thing. And then, uh, I, I must have like missed it. Like, what, is, what does she do? She like tricks him, or she just like, I don't know. She's, she does kind of say to him like, hey, I'm the reason why this terror has, uh, oh, is here. I see. So right. I should be the one that closes it, because, ah. you know, it's, it's only right. I, I should fix my mistakes. Right. Yeah, that, that's a good point. <clears throat> I mean, I, in a way, I kind of like sit there and I think to myself that how much of a difference would it made if one or the other did it? I mean, Gary is dying when we see him anyways. But hey, you know, at least the breach was closed, right? You know, so at least that's kind of a win. Is it? I mean, Lord Commander does have Mooncake. And so therefore he can do whatever the heck it is that he needs Mooncake for in the first place. I I feel open like the, or open the tear. Oh, okay. So he'll just do it again. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, no matter what happens, if if Gary dies, Mooncake opens up final space by destroying planets and creating a tear. It's a fair point, but I mean Gary's not dead yet, and we know this because at the like just final like half second of the credits before we go to um the <clears throat> you know the the splash cards and everything for all the uh companies that were involved in making the show we see uh some other ship shows up that is presumably going to rescue him who that is don't know guess we're gonna have find out in the next season yep <laughs> but Come join us for for <laughs> final space two the journey for more cash sorry i'm getting my space balls mixed up with my final spaces well you know i i mean i definitely will probably watch more of this show because i liked it i don't necessarily know if we need to talk about it more but i liked it well we'll ask our viewers you want us to keep talking about final space or shall we move on to our next big thing i mean and if we do i mean (laughs) you know we might just put it into We'll put it into a list or something. It'll come up. Yes. So now that it's over, let's talk about one of the big points that I absolutely loved about this movie, or this series, I should say. <laughs> kind wow. of felt like a movie, didn't it? It really did. The way I watch it, the way I usually watch my TV shows, it's like a movie. So uh, excuse my uh, my language barrier <laughs> here. Uh, as I've always said, English is my second language. My first one that I finally found out is memes. Uh, <laughs> so... This series, one of the main things I wanted to talk about is mm-hmm. music. What mm. do you think about the music of this? I thought show? the music was really good. Um, both the copyright music that we got, we didn't get a lot of it, um, and it pretty much was only just in moments of, effectively, just in like the really heavy emotional moments, which kind of tracks. That seems to be like a thing, probably for like the past twenty years or so specifically it seems like in sci-fi shows that when there's like a really heavy melodramatic moment you play a a licensed song and it's not blind melons rain (laughs) yes and thankfully it's not um 
so it reminds me of a song Hide and Seek by Image and Heap, which I'm sure everybody knows because of memes. Or if anyone who is our age and watched the OC or watched SNL, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I'm one who d- has not watched the OC or SNL. That is perfectly but, uh, fine. I-, I do know the song. Yes, I am very well aware of it. Yes, that's because you know memes. Of course. It's my main <laughs> and it primary has, language. <laughs> and it has been memed quite a bit. Yes. It. Oh, man. But thankfully they didn't do that here because I think I would have laughed instead of cried at any of the moments that they did that but uh other than that the actual like music it's great all the all the background stuff really good really helped enrich all of the scenes i felt it also helped keep it all tracked and keep you focused on it especially coming to the end yeah the beginning uh you kind of you you'd kind of feel pulled away from it a little bit, but uh, uh, the the more you get into it, the more you you feel you have to pay attention, and it it just sucks your attention in more. Well, who's the who did the music, anyways? Um, Mary Shelby Mary is Shelby Mary. Yes. Okay. Um, I actually have her music on my playlist because Ooh. I really enjoy her music. Uh, even though she is a more along the line of the country artist. Um, oh really? I'm not a big fun, fan of the country music myself, but uh, she did a really good job. Well, that's actually that's pretty cool. Uh, so sure some of the music done. she's done was "When the Darkness Comes," mm-hmm. um, "Gallows." Gallows is actually like, one of my favorites from her. That she was such a good job with that song. Wasn't that in the show? Didn't they use that? They did. Yeah. Uh, it depends when you uh, what what you watch the show on. I originally watched it on um, TBS, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So correct. you watched it on TV. On TV, yes, and because uh, I watched it through Netflix, and, and it, I'm pretty sure Netflix they... in the opening they actually did show it oh, uh, when okay. they're kind of passing the camera over mm-hmm. all of the destruction that's around. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does that intro, which let me say works perfectly because <laughs> i thought i heard oh no that might have been you talking about it at some other point when we were between episodes and maybe showing me the differences because i don't i can't remember if because i swear that they played it at a different point in like episode three or four or something uh, or some five, somewhere I think it is, somewhere in there right yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> but that was yeah that was fantastic that was one of the that's one of those moments where you know the licensed music was not tacky. <laughs> yes. Another song she did which I really liked uh in these final episodes is When the Night is Long. It ah. matched up perfectly with the show. That kind of collaboration just doesn't happen often. No, very much not. I did wow, okay. I didn't realize that like the music as in even like the songs that were in there were by the composer as well. Because like, usually that's not what you do. Like you have your your composer for the show, for like all the little interstitial stuff or the theme song or the closing theme and whatnot. And then you go and your director or whatever goes and finds a song that they like that they think will fit this moment where you're not where you want to have a licensed song or whatever. And so, you know, then you get stuff like hide and seek in there or, you know, other stuff. 
I don't know. You're giving me a look. I'm think. I'm feeling like I'm not sure if that's like a meme thing or if that's like a legit happened in other shows. No, no, no. Uh, your words have actually introduced or sparked a, a small little uh, thing for me here, Cameron. Okay. Have you ever heard of the anime known as Ghost Stories? Ghost Stories? I feel like I probably have. Oh, Whether Cameron. Oh. We're going to introduce everybody to the the. The amazingness known as ghost stories. Because you know how I feel about anime. It's not my bread and butter at all. I'll watch some of it. It's something that we're going to have to watch. Fair enough. Fair enough. And we you say will. that because uh, you tell me that music is usually done at the beginning and at the end of things. Uh, mm-hmm. And sometimes it doesn't always add up. Well, this show has the most ridiculous opening music and ending music that has absolutely nothing to do with this show at all. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Uh, but we're going to have to watch that. Okay. All right. Well, we'll put... There's all a right. whole history behind this show <laughs> that you are going to love. And I'm sure everybody out here who has never seen this show is going to love as well. Oh, man. All right. Well, I will. Uh, Sorry we'll for look... our younger viewers. You're not going to be allowed to watch this one. We'll look. F- I'll look forward to that. Um, to pull this back to um, Final Space and again, kind of like the, the music thing. So I'm going to reference uh, another past show or another space opera thing. Um, because one of the things that I really liked about the music here is the fact that it really, like, enriched everything, right? In a way, it almost kind of felt like it was a character, um, in its own right. So, Star Trek The Next Generation, the first, like, three or four seasons, they had Ron Jones was, like, their series composer, and... You could tell as soon as he was not involved in the show because the music was completely different. The guy actually got awards and stuff like that for his work on the show. That's how good his music was. And then, for whatever reason, the showrunners just, like, kicked him to the curb because they felt that his music was overbearing and was detracting from, like, the drama of what was happening in the show and then the music that was replaced was like perfunctory at best it was like bad really bad compared to what it was but um i just wanted to say that like the music here that shelby mary was doing very much like reminded me of ron jones work on the next generation like really really good really really just like pulled you in and made the experience better. So speaking of that, uh, mm-hmm. one thing I did want to talk about that I do like about this show compared to most of the other sci-fi stuff I've seen <laughs> is, of course, the actual interpretation of space. As I've said before, right? I absolutely love how colorful they make it. Yep. Uh, one of my favorite YouTubers, a guy by the name of DJ Peach Cobbler, uh, he talks about space and how it is very much nothing and emptiness and how that can make everything feel so small and insignificant and i like that i mean it it, it kind of is but uh (laughs) this is a very good contrast to that uh how they've taken the entire background and instead of making it little white dots on black right uh, you get massive galaxies and colorful you get to see nebulas and and all sorts of 
little um, like you know solar f- flares and all sorts of crazy stuff. Yes, uh, it feels to me like uh, so- in some games where you get that. Uh, how do you want to set your graphics? Uh, and yeah. you know, you it, the hardcore gamers are like, take that slider and put it all the way at the bottom. I don't want any of that. I don't want to get distracted. <laughs> and uh, Nolan Rogers was like, no, screw you all. We're taking this and we're throwing it all the way to the top. <laughs> and you have to try to pay attention to everything around you. But I'm going to make it so difficult for you. And I absolutely love that about his interpretation of how space should be presented. So the interesting thing about that, and I believe I talked about that before, um, because uh, back in like our when we were talking about the first three episodes is again that this very much seems to be like a modern thing for depicting space because so especially in animation so many shows do that Voltron uh, legendary or whatever legendary what, yeah was <laughs> like whatever the, whatever the Netflix one is called <laughs> they do it same way like they have so much detail when they're like visiting other planets and things like that and they're in other solar systems and whatnot um rick and morty does it um newer futurama definitely does it they did it a whole lot more than they did in the original one yeah um star trek lower decks does it it's that's that's also a cartoon i feel Um, like star trek lower decks is actually using some similar animators yeah, I mean there there is like a certain there's like a certain pool and there's also certain styles that are like popular right now. So you get kind of bleed over for that for certain things. But like I said, when you compare it to like the original old sci-fi shows like the original Star Trek and then even going into like the next generation in the 80s and things like that, it's always either a budget thing, so you just have like matte paintings, so you're always going to see the same things. Because it's the same painting every time. Yep. Or no real imagination back then. And because we didn't have like as many telescopes or, you know, we just couldn't see as many things in space. We don't know what they look like. So we just go with what we do know, which is what we see just with the naked eye. When, yeah. you know, when you don't have so much light, uh, pollution in the cities um very true yeah so but absolutely i agree i love it because it's it's good eye candy yeah uh let's move on to characters here Mm -hmm. how did you feel about the characters now that this uh season is over um definitely feel that everyone i like i get a nice feel for everyone now um i don't think that there, there was anybody that I did not like. Like, I don't feel that there was like a, hmm, all right, I'm going to be like in the minority in this. Triborn is like my least favorite character. They didn't do as much with him as they could have. And like I said, it was sort of a decision in the uh, later parts that they were going to add him because he had such a, a big response. Uh, or Not response. Uh, yeah. The community liked mm-hmm. him so much. Yeah. I mean, you know, you <laughs> So anyway, you listeners, if you if you disagree with me and you think I'm an idiot or whatever for not liking Triborn, feel free to tell me that. It's not probably not going to change my opinion. And if you hate, He's my least favorite. And if you hate Triborn, then contact me because uh <laughs> I liked him. I thought he was I thought he was very uh comedic. I almost feel like he's a better version of Jar Jar Binks. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> 
Yeah, Star Wars, you know, now modern Star Wars has a whole lot more as far as like the spaces and empty stuff, but whatever. Yes. Uh, so let's talk, <laughs> okay, so let's carry on and let's talk about, uh, since we talked about the characters, mm-hmm. about the setting, the music. I mean, if uh, I production. was, yeah, but I mean, my favorite, favorite character <laughs> was actually John Goodspeed. Okay. It's Ron Perlman, man. Yeah. <laughs> By all means, go with the Pearlman. I I can't I can't say that he's my least favorite. Uh, he's definitely a great character. Personally, though, my favorite character would have to be Hugh. Uh, it is a very difficult task to be able to come across as the voice actor and play monotonous. Yeah, and he managed to do that and still give Hugh a personality. Tom Kenny is a very talented voice actor. Yep, and I thought you did. I thought you did a great job. on so. He can do many things besides SpongeBob. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, he can. But I, I, I don't know. I, oh my I, God! He also did Mission Hill. Yes, yes, he did. Yes. Well, he, uh, oh. he did a few people on that one. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, before we get anyways. off onto a whole other ch- tangent here, <laughs> um, what did you think about the production of the show? Good, bad? Um, Man. I'd say good. Um, like production values are really good animation, like everything was really good. I mean, if, if there was a weak spot, I would pretty much just kind of say that that's Olin Rogers voicing Gary compared to everyone else in the cast, considering that they've been voice acting for decades. (laughs) Yeah, that's very true. I mean... (laughs) Or let's, in the case of totally like Ron over. Perlman and David Tennant and Keith David, who've been doing it for like probably longer than Olin Rogers been alive, like oh yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so let's like, not rip on the guy for because he's fine. new. No, no, <laughs> he no. did a great job. He did. He did. I like I said. I'm just saying he is the weak link compared to everyone else. But that's going to happen when your when your cast is that stacked. And he was pretty busy doing a whole lot of other stuff. So, like, he held his own. Oh, yeah. He made a very memorable character that I like. Mm-hmm. Now, for the final point in this. Uh, All right. Would you recommend this show to other people? And who would that be? Pretty much anyone that I know who likes animation um, and very specifically is into sci-fi stuff. Um, and even then, even if they're not so much into watching animated stuff if they are like huge sci-fi fans then i would recommend this anyone if they're like a trekkie if they're a star wars fan or anything like you know even just like they all they've ever watched is stargate or something like that i'd just be like you should watch this it's not very long especially compared to those things and it will be entertaining it's it's got a nice balance in terms of like the the humor uh the the like really dark black comedy um and then like the heavy emotional bits and the great thing about like even the emotional bits is they're very sincere they hang around and they don't try to undercut them and when they do it's very much the point like the characters some of them are like don't know how to process grief or whatever. And so they react in a way to kind of like take away from the sincerity, but you can kind of like see through and see that, you know, they're putting on airs again and it's actually affecting them. 
It's kind of one of the things that I prefer. Facades. Yeah, there we go. That's a better word. Thank you. That's a way better word. <laughs> yes, they're putting on a facade. Yeah. And there, you can yeah. clearly see that that's all it is, is mm-hmm. a facade. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so those are definitely like the first people that I would recommend it to. Again, anyone that I know, if they watch animated shows or whatever, and I'd be like, hey, check this out. Okay. What about what about you? I mean, you recommended it to me. I do recommend it to almost <laughs> anybody. Uh, of course, I wouldn't recommend it to younger audiences. But honestly, most of the stuff I watch, I would not necessarily. I mean, weirdly enough, I feel audiences. like this is something that you could kind of like recommend to older kids because it's not really that bad when you compare it to showing rick and morty to like someone who isn't even a teenager no don't do that this i would be open to negotiations for should someone who's like nine watch this i mean geez when we were growing up kids that were like seven and eight were watching dragon ball z every day that's true our generation though was uh we can go into a whole tangent about Oh, come this on. The generation before us had Watership Down as a kid's movie, in addition to Plague Dogs, remember? Yes, but our generation was raised on TV. Well, that's a good point. Because the parents are always busy working. Huh? Let's not get into this too deep, dark discussion. We're <laughs> okay. only here to discuss the media, not the problems of our society. So. Uh, you know, you got a good... Fair enough, fair enough. You know, that's a very good point. Um, so... <laughs> I, at the end of this, I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, if yeah. you have any questions or comments, feel free to contact us. and We will listen to them wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Or you mean next time. Yes. Next <laughs> time. Bye. 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 <laughs>